Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. For months, the Biden administration has been working to avoid a possible railroad work stoppage that could cost the U.S. economy billions of dollars and disrupt the transportation of major energy commodities like coal and crude oil. About 13 labor unions represent the workers of the major national railroads, and not all of those unions have reached an agreement with the railroad companies on a new labor contract. The pressure is increasing since the deadline for a new labor agreement is tonight at midnight, meaning a labor strike and lockouts could begin as soon as early as Friday morning. So today we check in with Politico's Tanya Snyder about what this labor dispute is all about, how it could disrupt the domestic energy space, and the response from Congress and the Biden administration. It's Thursday, September 15th. So, Tanya, can you break down this labor dispute between 13 rail worker unions and the nation's largest rail carriers? Like, what are the stakes of this dispute for the economy? The stakes are enormous. We could see a supply chain crisis like we haven't seen before if the entire freight rail network shuts down because even one union were to go on strike. The two unions that are most at odds with the railroads at this point are the ones that represent conductors and engineers. So they're the ones that drive the trains. You might have some of the signalmen and the maintenance people and manufacturers and dispatchers that are making deals with the railroads at this point. But if you don't have people to drive the trains, you don't have train service. And that impacts passenger rail as well, because a lot of passenger rail and commuter rail goes on freight rail networks. Wow. And so what are the possible implications for energy commodities in particular if a strike were to happen? Rail carries about 15 percent of crude oil in the United States, and coal actually accounts for about 27 percent of all cargo that goes on U.S. railroads more than any other commodity. So so energy is one of the major customers for the railroads. And the American Petroleum Institute and other related energy trade associations have said that how destabilizing and disruptive a strike could possibly be if those materials aren't able to move through the network. Right. Yeah. And so that's coming as energy prices are high already. So what's the timeline here as far as when both sides need to come to an agreement to avoid a strike? So the cooling off period, there was a a federal presidentially actually appointed board of arbitrators that came up with a proposed resolution to this labor dispute. The board was appointed in July and published their proposal in August, and that started a 30-day cooling-off period for the labor unions and the railroads to negotiate with this arbitrator's proposal as a basis. And it did really pave the way for a lot of tentative agreements between labor and the railroad companies. That cooling-off period following the publication of that proposal ends tonight at midnight. So. 
theoretically, a strike could start as early as tonight at midnight at 12.01 a.m. We have seen at least one union that did reach a tentative agreement actually quite quickly with the railroads after the arbitrator's proposal came out. One of the first unions to reach an agreement with the railroads actually saw their members vote to reject that agreement this week. So even some of the unions that were willing to make a deal with the railroads, their members are so angry at the treatment that they have experienced from the railroads over the last few years that some of them are rejecting even what their own leadership has agreed to. Wow. So not much time here. So what has been the response, though, of Congress and the Biden administration? And what options do they have, if any, to help resolve the dispute or at least manage its economic fallout? There's a a quirk of labor law that railroads are actually under a different governing law than other labor. So Congress actually can step in and mandate a resolution. They can basically dictate the terms of a labor contract and both sides would have to accept it. Congress does not want to do that. At least I should say Democrats do not want to do that. They are really counting on the administration to get these two parties to a deal. Republicans have been pushing for Congress to step in and just mandate what the Presidential Emergency Board recommended. At this point, congressional Democrats are refusing to do that. They're not calling for that. And they are saying that they want the two parties to come to an agreement. You have the president himself talking to the two parties. You have Labor Secretary Marty Walsh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack. Very active in these negotiations. They're really putting all of their efforts into it. They do not want to see empty store shelves and spiraling inflation again at this point, less than two months before the midterm. Also, the Interior Department issued offshore oil leases in the Gulf of Mexico to companies that previously won them in the November 2021 auction, but were later not given them because of a federal court ruling. The award of the offshore parcels by the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management was mandated under a provision of the Inflation Reduction Act that Congress passed in August. The leases were initially issued in November during one of the largest lease auctions in U.S. history. But later, a judge declared the sale invalid in January, ruling that a Trump-era environmental review used to underpin the sale had been insufficient. Moving forward, the Interior Department is in the process of formulating a new five-year plan that would lay out a schedule for where and when to hold new offshore lease sales. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.